the word of the Lord tonight to the book of Proverbs. The subject tonight, the message tonight is going to be on prudence. Prudence. Say with me, prudence. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom. Now, number one, what is a proverb? It's, it's something that has vast knowledge and wisdom in it in the least amount of words. So when you say this is a proverb, we're talking about statements. Very brief statements which have volumes of knowledge and wisdom. That's what a proverb is. Okay, you with me? To know wisdom and instruction. That's why we get the proverbs. To perceive the words of understanding. To receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment and equity to give subtlety or prudence subtlety is prudence to give subtlety to the simple to the young man knowledge and discretion okay now I'm thankful for that what that just said because if you were a man pursuing philosophy in the days of Plato, you could not even be a part of his school if you weren't a master in understanding. In fact, they had a big old statement over his school that you had to be a master to participate in his school. But the Word of God's different. It's for the simple. And that's what it says right there. <clears throat> so, it's to give subtlety or prudence to the simple. To the young man, knowledge and discretion now go to chapter 8 of the same book of Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 12 I wisdom and this is wisdom personified now I wisdom dwell with prudence I dwell with prudence so true prudence has the wisdom of God with it Okay, so I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Okay, I think we'll just go with that right now. Let's just pray and we'll get right into the word tonight. Father God, I come before you in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would have your way in this service, that you would anoint me and inspire me, O God. Your word is already anointed today and I pray that it will go forth without hindrance, touching every heart and every mind and every spirit, every soul. We receive the word of the living God tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Going back to the first part of the book of Proverbs. Again, a proverb is a brief statement that has volumes of wisdom and knowledge within it. It's kind of like this. If you have a gold coin, it may be a small coin, but that small coin 
is like a proverb because within the small coin is great wealth when you talk about a proverb you can liken it to a diamond a diamond is a small thing but it has great great value in it but both of those in fact all three of those a proverb a gold coin or a diamond are portable they are easily carried okay but just because they're small doesn't mean that they don't have vast volume of knowledge or wealth and we're talking about proverbs here it's like a seed a proverbs like a seed okay small seed corn of seed you can take that one corn of seed and within it is the potential and possibility of feeding millions one seed has the potential and possibility of feeding millions and that's a proverb that's okay so it's small but it's vast it's large and that's the way the book of proverbs is laid out amen and what got me into this and by the way we're continuing the abundant life series tonight and you can't live an abundant life without prudence it's impossible but what quickened this to me was last night I was I caught the back end of or the back part of a series called the amazing race okay and I hadn't seen it until last night and last night was the final show okay and uh, evidently they travel all over the world on a race okay for a million dollars they go everywhere they face all kinds of obstacles they're racing against other people other couples and teams and time okay and they have to deal with all kinds of circumstances and uh, win certain you know contest and after a period of time I don't know how long it lasts the person who comes in first place gets a million dollars and everybody else I assume gets zero but they get the experience of traveling all over the world uh, experiencing different cultures and different challenges and they get the excitement of and the challenge of the race okay you with me now tonight we are in a greater race for higher stakes than a million dollars a million dollars is nothing in comparison to the stakes of the race that you are running but here's what happened okay because it's the last show in this particular end of the show the person who gets first place gets the million dollars okay so at the first part of the show they had four cup four people one of them was disqualified only three get to go to the final race event if you will the final challenge and one of those three gets the million dollars okay so there's three teams the third place team on the last challenge 
experienced something very fascinating. Okay, you with me here? They got to the final leg of the race, so to speak, in third place. And what they had to do is they had to catch a plane from Calgary to Dallas, Texas. So they had, these three teams had to run into the airport there. And they had to make arrangements and they had to set their flights and, and to get ready to fly out. And there was one particular flight that everybody was trying to get on. Okay, it would get you from Calgary to Dallas the quickest. The first two teams that got there, the first place guy got there, and the second place team got there, and they very quickly made arrangements to catch this one particular flight that would get them from Calgary to Dallas. And here comes the third place team. It comes walking in, and you know, <laughs> doesn't seem like they've got a chance in the world of winning. But they get there and they find out some very important knowledge. Very important knowledge. And that knowledge was that the plane that the other two teams had booked the flight for had been delayed. Now watch this. And with that information, they knew the other two teams had already gone and got their tickets on that particular flight. And they're over there just chilling out like everything's wonderful and cool, right? And this third team reschedules the time, the place, and the way of the flight. To get from Calgary to Dallas. The time, the place they would go to, and the, the way they would get there totally different than the other two teams here's the catch the third place team by having that little bit of knowledge was able to book a flight that would put them a couple hours ahead of the other teams and it's the final final stage of the race and you know you might as well just forget it the other two teams but the other two teams they manipulate and they work it out and they end up getting on the same flight as the third place team with one exception there's one connection that they can't make the other two teams the first and second place team they can't make that connection and so it's going to put the third place team 10 minutes ahead of the other two teams in Dallas and guess who won now, now hold on wait, wait 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 don't steal my thunder Let me tell you about the third place team. They, they started talking about the whole situation. And they were talking about the first place team. And they said this. They said it's, it's very strange that the first place team didn't have all the bases covered. That the first place team didn't book every flight that that airport had from Calgary to Dallas. Instead of just booking one flight like they did. And the third place team said this, we found a, ch uh, what is it? A, a chink, a chink in the first place team's armor. And that was, they didn't act the way they should have done and book every flight in the place to guarantee they would be the first one there. The first place team, however, from what they were saying, normally was ahead of the game on everything. Okay, you with me here? And okay, and so at the end of the show, the third place team won. That 10 minutes is all they needed 
to get to the head of the first and second place team. And they won the million dollars. And I looked at my wife before we found out who won. And I said the first place team lacked one very important thing. And that was prudence. Prudence. Prudence cost them one million dollars. Prudence. Prudence, a lack of prudence will cost you. And I'm, you know, some of y'all saying, well, what's prudence? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. You have to walk in prudence in life to have the abundant life. If the first place team would have been prudent, they would have won the million dollars probably, or the second place team would have won the million dollars hands down. The third place team, they were older, they were slower. But knowledge is what got the third place team the million dollars. Their prudence, the third place team's prudence got them the million dollars. Whereas the lack of prudence in the first and second place team cost them a million dollars. Amen. So let's talk about prudence tonight. Prudence is simply this. Wisdom is a plan. Prudence is the manifestation of a plan. Or prudence is the action of wisdom. If you're a prudent person, you have taken wisdom and put it to action in your life. It's not just knowing it or having a knowledge of it. Of the word of God that's important. That's important. But that's not all you need. You've got to know how to be prudent. You've got to know how to put action to the wisdom. You've got to learn how to manifest the wisdom that you've got. If you don't, it's going to cost you in this life. In every field of life. Are you here tonight? So to have wisdom mean, then means you've got a plan. Do you have a plan for your life tonight? Or are you just going through life and letting life live you? Are you letting life control you? Or are you controlling your life? Do you have a plan about how you're going to be victorious in the spiritual kingdom of God? Do you have the wisdom to be victorious in your walk with God? Do you have the plan? I looked at my wife. I said, that cost them a million dollars. But there's greater stakes for us. And I can't afford to miss it. I can't afford not to have a planned wisdom and not have prudence to go with that wisdom. If I do, that, it costs them a million dollars. It could cost me a lot more than that. And it could cost you a lot more than that. If you don't have it. So you've got, if you get in the word of God, then you're going to get divine wisdom. You're going to get the plan. But prudence is important. Because prudence is, number one, it's finding out the best time for the plan. So you might have a plan tonight, but prudence is, you don't, you don't act on it until the time is best. You determine by prudence when the best time to act is. Also, prudence is not only time, the timing of your plan coming about, 
but it has to do with the place time and place of action are you here i'm telling you what prudence is it's time and it's place and number three the best way to do it okay it has in it the thought of being clever cunning shrewd stealth crafty in fact the word prudence means all of that it means shrewd crafty cunning stealth crafty did I say crafty cunning it means all of that shrewd it means all of that hello somebody so what is it then wisdom is the plan prudence is the best time the best place and the best way it means you're ready you are ready to do anything say ready it's not just doing it but it's finding out what the best time place and way to do it is so a prudent person then knows what to do but they use every means possible to bring it about everything possible to bring it about okay so if that man would have been prudent then he would have bought every flight that left calgary and went to dallas in the whole airport if he had been prudent he would have used everything possible to bring the ends about and that's to get to dallas the quickest but he did not do it he knew he wanted to get there he knew he wanted to beat the other team that's the plan but his prudence he lacked prudence in taking every step to see it happen and that's where a lot of us miss it we've got the plan and we know the word of god and in fact look at your whole life every area of your life your finances your family relationships your spiritual condition look at all of your life you know what to do you know what's right and so do i the problem is our lack of prudence our lack of acting on it our lack of taking everything and all the means that we have to bring it about at the right time and the right place and the right way that's heavy stuff man that's powerful stuff i don't want it listen it costs them a million it's going to cost us more if we don't have it are you here tonight most people are failing in life not because they have a lack of not a brain power they know what's the right and they know what they should be doing and they got a certain amount of wisdom they walk around in but they're just not wait oh this is the best time this is the best way yeah this is the best place to act on what i know come on somebody with me here <laughs> what's quiet in here let me give you an example of wisdom and prudence the bible says in chapter 8 in verse 12 of proverbs it says that true wisdom 8 12 i wisdom 
And we're going to, in this context, call wisdom the plan. Dwell with prudence. So prudence and wisdom go together. Now, when you talk about divine wisdom and divine prudence, it always is to bring about something moral. But there's a negative prudence. There's a negative side to prudence. And the negative side of prudence is taking everything you have to bring about an evil purpose. It's finding the right time, the right place, and the right way to bring about an evil design. You understand? It's like somebody gets together and they're going to commit a crime. They plan the crime all out. And then prudence is this. What's the best time to do the crime? What's the best place to do the crime? What's the best way to do the crime? That's prudence. So you've got their plan, the evil wisdom, if you will, and the evil prudence, if you will, to bring about evil. And that's where the devil is tonight. He is a very subtle creature. He's a very wise being. He's a very shrewd creature. He's a very cunning creature. He's a very crafty creature. Are you with me? But his purpose is, or his prudence is, for evil. Do you understand what I'm trying to show you here? So when we look in Proverbs 8, 12, he says, Wisdom dwells with prudence. So true divine wisdom dwells with prudence. Are you here tonight? And its purpose is for what? To bring about moral, something moral, to bring uh, into existence or manifestation something moral all right so it's taking the knowledge that you have and saying okay when is it the be best time to have this when is the best time uh what's the best place to have this and what's the best way to bring it about that's prudence Okay, y'all with me here at this point? I know some of these words are kind of, if you're like me, I'm down here on this level. So, you know, I got to chew, and I chewed all day trying to get it where I could understand it. And if I get it where you, I can understand it, don't look at me like that. Because if I can understand it, everybody here can. Okay, I chew it and chew it and chew it till it becomes, you know, baby food. Okay, so don't look at me like you're confused. Hallelujah. <laughs> So do you understand wisdom and prudence? They go together. So when you talk about God, you talk about divine wisdom and divine prudence, then you're, let's talk about redemption. God had a plan to redeem man before man ever fell. He knew exactly how he was going to redeem man when man fell. He had a plan. That was his wisdom. But God's prudence was, what is the best time for me to redeem man? What's the best place for me to redeem man? And what's the best way for me to redeem man? How can I put my wisdom into action? My plan into manifestation. 
And so what God did was, he's very wise and very prudent. He sent forth his son, the Bible said, in the fullness of time. He not only had the plan, but he had the prudence or the timing that the plan was going to take place. And he knew exactly in time in history when all of the wisdom of man would converge into a head. And it could be seen that all the wisdom of man could not bring about the regeneration of the human race. And in that exact time, when all the wisdom of man converged in history, and it could be seen that man could not regenerate himself, that's when Jesus came to regenerate us or to redeem us by the blood, by his blood. So Galatians 4 says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, made under the law. Made of a woman, made under the law. All right? So he had the timing right. Had the plan, but he had the prudence. The timing right. Okay. Let's talk about the next area of prudence. Place. Got to get the time right. Got to get the place right. God got the time right. Now, the place. Where is God, as the great commander of the universe, where is God going to cause this to take place at? He going to make it happen over there on Mars or Venus or, you know, somewhere out way out there? Where is he going to bring it to pass the place? Well, he being God knows exactly the right place to do it. And that is where the defeat came to begin with. And the defeat or the fall of man happened in the earth. So the same place that man fell is the same place that God's going to redeem man. And bring man back into victory out of that defeat. So as a commander, commanders will get together, man, and they've got a plan, they've got a purpose, they've got all these maps and everything drawn out. But they say, where are we going to fight this battle? And they fight the battle where it's going to be the most advantageous to them. they got to get the time right, they got to get the place right, and so God got the time right and God got the place right because God is prudent. And I know some of you are just going to sleep on this, but you don't realize how powerful this is. That's why you live in the mess you're in. But hang in here just a minute. So God got the time right and he got the place right. And then he got the way right. How is God going to save fallen humanity? What way? The work of the cross. How could he get men and women who are the seed of the devil to want to be regenerated and want to be saved and want to walk with him? Christina, Christina, where's my wife? Come get him. Come get him. My, come get him. 
how could he do that? It's by going to the cross and dying on the cross and shedding his blood and demonstrating his great love for humanity by laying down his life. And when you see what he's done for you on the cross, you will want to follow him. Give God some praise in this house. So he got the time right. He got the way right. He got the place right. He got the time right, the place right, and the way right to fulfill his plan. So you can't go through life without wisdom, the plan of God, divine wisdom, and the prudence of God, knowing the blessed time, place, and way to do something. Most people, and I'm looking at a bunch of you tonight, you have no idea what's going on. You're in a warp, man. You're in a warp place somewhere tonight, man. Some of y'all are, oh, I'd hate to tell you where some of you are. Because if I did, then everybody here would start having images. But you sure ain't here. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you don't have wisdom, if you don't have plan, and the beginning of that's the fear of the Lord. If you don't have a plan, if you don't have divine wisdom, you're not going to win the race. If you, don't, if you don't exercise everything that's available to you to make the plan happen, the plan is not going to happen. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. God's not going to do it for me. I can't do it for you. Your brother or your sister can't do it for you. You've got to get your, the wisdom that you need. You've got to get prudence that you need to live this life. So it's the right time, the, right, the best time, the best place and the best way to do the wisdom. Now watch this. It also means... And I gave you some other words that you're going to need tonight. It also means beware. Go through life, beware. It means acting with forethought. Not by impulse. I am too impulsive. I don't have enough forethought about what I'm doing, how I'm running my family, how I'm running my finances, how I'm running the church, how I'm running my spiritual life. I don't have enough forethought. I don't have a plan. I don't. I'm not walking in prudence, looking for the best time, best way, and uh, are you with me here? And best place to see something come to pass. To be prudent means to not be impulsive. To not go by your emotion. It's to con it's, it means to consider what you're doing. To consider what you're buying. Consider your spiritual life. Consider what you're doing in your family. Consider it. To get a plan together. Then find out the best way to make the plan happen. Especially in America. Americans are impulsive. We are so emotional. And we buy on impulse. We spend on impulse. And we find ourselves in great, great trouble because of that. 
And if we don't feel good, you know, that day we might not even think about going to church. You know what I'm saying? And, and we might even consider giving up on God because we are impulsive and we are emotional. You need to sit down and you need to have forethought and you need to consider what you're doing. Look at your spiritual life. Are you praying? Are you walking with God? Are you serving Him? Because you don't want to miss this fight. And it's not just going to come running to you. You've got to plan the plan. You've got to hack the plan out spiritually. Your physical life. You have to live your physical life with wisdom and prudence. You can't put trash in and expect not to have trash come out. You can't eat the way you normally eat by impulse. Oh, yeah, boy, that looks good. Give me a big old. Whew. Oh, yeah, give me about 10 of those ice creams, man. Don't even think about what it's going to do to you. See what I'm saying? Got to have a plan for your physical life. Got to have a plan for your mental life. You, you, listen, you should be reading. You should be studying. You should be increasing your knowledge of the Word of God. You should be building yourself up in the most holy faith. How do you do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost. You should have a desire to win this race. Not just run it. Not just run it and come in last place. You should be disciplined mentally, physically, and spiritually. You should have a plan. You should know when at the best time, the best place, and the best way to see what I know come to pass. Take charge of your life. Be responsible. Come on, y'all here tonight. You're in a race. Can you imagine one little lack of prudence? One little lack of wisdom and prudence on your part could cause you to be lost forever. Do you know the devil? He's also prudent. The devil is diligent. He is diligent in prudence. He is subtle in prudence. He has a plan. And he's got a time to hit you with that plan. The devil's got a plan. Not only his timing is going to be there, but his place is going to be there and also his way is going to be there to do what? To destroy you. But the Bible said we are not ignorant of his devices. We are not ignorant of his plans. But if you're going through life and just letting life blow you along the way and you're not taking charge like you're supposed to, that God's given you authority. To know his word and then to know the time and the place and the way to do it. With forethought and consideration. As a person who walks through life circumspectly. Looking around. Always aware. Always beware of the subtlety of the devil whose desire. He's got a plan to destroy all of us. He's got a plan to destroy me. And he's waiting for the right prudence he's waiting for the right time place and way to bring me down and so subtly he sows into your mind counsels of darkness demonic wisdom and he chips away and chips away at your moral fiber until finally the time 
and the place and the way is just right and he can destroy you and that's the purpose of his prudence do you understand what i'm trying to help you with tonight the stakes are higher than a million dollars prudence is not only consideration and not only the right time the right place and the right way it's not only forethought it's not only consideration but it's beware it's being careful it's being shrewd it's being cunning it's being crafty it's being stealth and i'll explain all that to you in just a minute in a proper way not in the negative way man there are gen geniuses in the world they, there's a lot of people, Christians in the church. They've got wisdom, but it's worldly wisdom. They live by a worldly wisdom. Man, they got street wisdom about them. Hallelujah. I mean, they know how to break in things they shouldn't break into. I mean, they know. They got this worldly wisdom, man. Hallelujah. They know how to plan a plan. They know how to do it. The right time, the right place. Come on. You don't believe me, do you? That's why you get robbed when you're not home. They've been watching you. They've been planning for just the right time, the right place, and the right way to take everything you've got. And they'll use every method possible to see the evil come to pass. You've got an enemy after you tonight. That's planning to bring you down. Starts to destroy your life. Very wise and very prudent serpent. On one hand. But he's the insane one of the universe on the other hand. Because he's left God out. And anytime you leave God out of your equation, your decision making, and the time and the place and the way. If you leave God out, you are the great insane person of the universe. Because you're following the prudence of the devil. You're following his plan, his time, his way, and his placement in your life. But when it comes to evil, when it comes to bringing about to an ends the destruction of somebody, the enemy will do everything he can to bring that end about. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you here? Revelation 12 says that the devil is a seven-headed dragon. And Genesis 3.1 says that the serpent was more subtle than every beast of the field. He was more prudent than every beast of the field. He's a seven-headed serpent or seven-headed dragon, which means he has fullness of satanic wisdom. But his plan and his prudence is for destruction. But you see, when we walk in God's divine wisdom and divine prudence, 
then it brings about victory in life. It brings about ab abundant life for you. It will affect your finances. It will affect your health. It will affect your mental capabilities. And it will surely affect your spiritual and your eternal destiny to walk in wisdom and prudence. But you're in a race for your life. And I see people I'm preaching to right now in this church. You have this I don't care nonchalant attitude. Friend, you better realize something tonight. You're in a cosmic conflict. You're in a cosmic conflict. And all the devil wants to do is just put you to sleep. If he just puts you to sleep, sedates you, he's got you. If you won't act on the word that you're hearing, the devil's already got you. And there's no man, I don't care how powerful he is, can bring you out in deliverance. If you want to dance with the devil, you can't be delivered from the devil. You got to want to be set free from him. But what is interesting to me about prudence, let's look at Proverbs 14 some here. Proverbs 14, he said, the wisdom of the prudent. Now remember, true wisdom and prudence have to go together. The plan... And the manifestation of the plan, prudence, go together. In Proverbs 14, now I came to have church. I know for some of you it's Wednesday night and it's been a long day and all that. But I'm telling you something, man. I am not about to let, let the enemy. Listen, listen to me. Put me on his remote control. Okay? Watch this. You see what I just did? I lifted my hands. You know how I lifted my hand? Because my spirit, my mind told my spirit to lift my hand. Or my spirit told my mind to lift my hand. You are controlled by a spirit tonight. And depending on whatever spirit you're controlled by, that's the spirit that you're moving by. And you're controlled. You're, you know, either the devil's got you under remote control and you're thinking every thought he wants you to think and you're doing everything he wants you to do. Or God's spirit is the one that's controlling you tonight. And you're thinking everything he wants you to think. And you're doing everything he wants you to do. But you are a, on a control mechanism tonight. And everything you do, everything you think, and everything you say is controlled by a spirit of some kind. Now listen to me. Watch this. See? Hallelujah. Watch. Proverbs 14 verse 8. He said, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way. He gets a knowledge before he makes a decision. He doesn't just go by his impulse. He gets knowledge. And then based on the knowledge, the prudent man acts at the right time, acts at the right place, and acts at the right way. He don't just go through life. Oh, that feels good. I want that. Oh, that looks good. I'll buy that. He takes time to calculate. He takes time. to He puts forethought in it and considers it before he ever acts. That's the prudent man. Give God some praise. So the wisdom or the plan of the prudent is to understand his way. He gets knowledge before he does anything. Come on, somebody. But the folly of fools is deceit. The folly of fools is deceit. They walk in a deception. 
Now go with me to verse 15 of chapter 14 of Proverbs. He said, the simple believe every word. Now listen to me, church. You know, I'm just thinking about this. It'd be wonderful if I didn't have to get so fired up that I could just get up here and just preach the word of God to you and you would be in a place that you could, you know, receive it. But see, i got to fight all kinds of devils and attitudes and spirits. The whole time I'm trying to bring the word forth, I'm dealing with some of you. I'm dealing with some of the spirits that are here at the same time. But I refuse to let them have their way. You know, so that fire comes out of me, man. But watch this. Get some knowledge before you act. He said in verse 15, the simple. And the simple person, you know who the simple person is? Let me give you uh, Jerry Carter's translation of simple. Stupid. That's exactly what the word simple means in the Bible. Stupid. It doesn't mean they have intellectual problems. It means that they are easily swayed to do the wrong. They give in to their evil inclination very easily. That's the simple man. And so, he says, the, the simple believe every word. <laughs> How many gullible people we got in here? Believe everything? Come on, man. Believe everything. It reminds me of that illustration I gave to you about the amazing race. The third place team, before they became the third place team, <laughs> they got a, a little clue about something, you know, and they lied to some Christians, they, these people that call themselves Christians, and they said, no, that's not the right flag, when indeed it was the right flag. Okay? What I'm, let me show you, let me share with you. They were looking for the flag of the Philippines and trying to, there was like three flags on the shore, and they had to determine which flag was the right flag. And the third place, the, the people who came in third place, or were the third place team who came in first place, they found the right flag, and the other people who claimed to be Christians asked them, is that the right flag? <laughs> you know, like they go to tell them. <laughs> Most people say, no, that's not the right flag. Well, hallelujah. Thank God they didn't fall for it. They started to fall for it, started to pull off with the boat. He said, you know what? I don't think I should take him for, at his word. I think I'm going to go check it out for myself. But the simple believe every word. But the prudent man, the man who's got a plan, the man who's looking for the best time and the best place and the best way to bring about his plan, he don't believe everything he hears. Come on. He looketh well to his going. He plans it out. He, he thinks it through. He gets some knowledge before he acts. Checks things out. Hello, I know this is helping you. Stop acting like it's not. Now go to verse 18. Chapter 14. Verse 18, the simple inherit foolishness or folly. They inherit it. It follows them everywhere they go. <laughs> but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. They walk around. They've got
got a crown on their head, a crown of knowledge. They know what to do. They've got a plan. They know when to do it, the time. They know the place to do it, and they know the way to do it. And because of that, they're successful in everything they do in life. Most importantly, their spiritual life. See, let me, let me talk to you a minute. Here comes a little devil. He's, he's a little old buck private in the army of the enemy. And, and the devil knows that, and he, he walks up there. The devil knows that that's all he needs to send to some of us. And so the devil comes over there, little buck private, and says, Jesus don't love you anymore. And the simple believes it. I just heard a voice. And that voice told me that God don't love me anymore. And so he goes back over there. He says, hey, you know what? He said, that, that sin you committed, God won't forgive you for that. And the simple believe it. God won't forgive me. And so they walk around in their pride. Because they think their sin's bigger than God's redemption. So, see, the devil has a game with a lot of us. He just plays ping pong with us, man. He's on one side. Let me just tell you. I don't even think the devil's even in the game for most of us. He got two little buck privates on the ping pong table. They go ping, 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 ping. And you go, whoa, yeah, that's right. Woo, yeah, that's right. Woo. And he could tell you anything and everything, and you believe anything and everything. Without going to the Word of God and finding out what God's Word says about it, standing on what God's Word says about it. He did play ping pong with you, man. Ding dong, ding dong. Yeah, I believe you, I believe you, I believe you. You're not supposed to believe every voice that comes to you. You're supposed to try the spirits to see if they're of God or not. He'll come over here and say, you know what? You, you're nothing, man. You're insignificant. You, you, when you pray, God doesn't hear you. When you pray, nothing happens. You know, you're just insignificant nobody. And you walk away and you just repeat what he just told you. I'm a nobody. My prayer don't do any good. I'm insignificant. You know, wish I could be powerful. And you believe everything the devil tells you. And you live and you act on it. He comes and says, you know what? You really ought to be depressed today. You really ought to be discouraged today. You really ought to be down today. And you walk off, you know what? I'm supposed to be down today. Uh, some kind of, you know, stupid idiot, man. Whatever it tells you, that's what you do. He's subtle. He's conniving. He's crafty. He's cunning. You're supposed to get the Word of God. Go by the Word of God and see His defeat. He starts coming against you on a Wednesday night telling you don't have church. Just, you know what? I'm going to have church. Devil, you can't stop me from having church. You can't stop me from getting anointed. You can't shut me down. You can't stop me from preaching. You can't stop me from worshiping. I know you've got the fullness of satanic wisdom and subtlety and prudence, but I'm not, I don't have to listen to you. 
I'm crowned with the knowledge of the Word of God. I know who I am in God. I know what God's Word says about me. I know my calling. I know what it's about. And I'm going to go to war. And the word prudence also means all the things I just told you. But it also means the counsel of the sages. So you walk in the counsel of the sages. And in case you don't know it, the Bible says that we have victory over the gates of hell. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. You know what the word, the word, listen a minute, what the word gate means? When it says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church? It literally means the counsel of hell will not prevail against the church. So he starts counseling you. He starts filling your mind with a bunch of junk, okay? But you know what? His counsel will not defeat the counsel of the sages. His counsel cannot defeat the counsel of God in your life. You've got the counsel of the wise in you. And you're not supposed to listen to everything he's telling you. You're supposed to take the word of God. You're supposed to plan it. Yeah, okay. This is what your word says. This is my plan. Yes, Pastor. This is, I'm going to look for the right time, the right place, and the right way to do it. That's prudence. I'm going to put some forethought. I'm going to consider it. I'm going to beware. Hallelujah. I'm going to have the counsel of the wise. I'm going to be crowned with, with knowledge. I'm going to think about what I'm about to do. I'm not going to act on impulse anymore. God. If I don't feel good, I'm still going to fight. If I don't like my job, I'm going to stay there until God tells me to leave. If I don't like the church I'm in, I'm going to stay there. The devil can't move me until I hear God. Hello, somebody. And so, when you look at Genesis 3.1, there's something powerful about prudence, man. You know, last night when God put that word prudence in me, I, I didn't know hardly anything about it. But it wouldn't leave me alone, man. I said, okay, God, you want me to preach on it? I guess I'm going to have something to say. Don't know what I'm going to say about prudence because I don't even know what it means. I've heard people use the word prudent, you know. I have a little kind of inclination about what it is. But guess what? Before it was all over, God, whoo, hallelujah. He helped me, he helped me, he helped me, he helped me. So that I could help you tonight to walk in wisdom and prudence. Now watch this. Genesis 3.1. On the negative side, there's a negative prudence. It's the same word in the Hebrew or the Greek. It can be positive and negative because prudence is a neutral word. Genesis 3.1, now the serpent was more subtle or more prudent than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat every tree of the garden. So he starts counseling the woman. And, and literally, the literal is that he became prudent. When he became prudent and how he became prudent, I'm talking about the devil. The Bible doesn't tell us. But he became that way. He knew how to talk. He knew the right words to say. He had the plan. He knew the time. He knew the place. And he knew the way to bring about the destruction of your first parents. Because he's a seven-headed dragon. He's full of satanic wisdom or subtlety. Okay, you with me? Now, off of that, 
Watch what Jesus says in Matthew 10. Matthew 10, Jesus says this. Are y'all still there? He says in verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Do you understand that? You are sheep in the midst of wolves. But then he says this, be ye therefore prudent. The word is wise in the King James Version, but wisdom and prudence go together. They dwell together. And the word literally is prudent. He says, be prudent as serpents. That's powerful to me. He takes a negative thing and he tells the church to be like the negative serpent in wisdom. He tells you to be wise and prudent like the serpent. And harmless as does. So if we're going to find out how Jesus wants us to be prudent. So we can defeat the serpent's prudence in our life. Then I must find out what a snake is. How a snake's wise. Because when you study snakes or serpents. You will find that they're not intelligent at all. When they come out of the egg, boy, I'm putting it to the devil tonight. When, and you know what? I intend to. And some of you need to get an intention to yourself. When a serpent comes out of an egg, all it has in its uh, intellect is its intuition to do what? To hunt, to eat. And that's pretty much it. They're not hugely intelligent creatures. So then why does Jesus pick the serpent? Because it goes back to Genesis 3. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And so what is it about a snake that Jesus wants us to see and understand about prudence? Number one, watchfulness. Be, beware, be alert. Consider a matter. Be careful about it. Plan. And then when you get the plan, the right time, place, and way. What is it about a serpent that makes a serpent wise? A serpent watches. They're pretty ignorant as far as intelligence goes, but they watch all the time. 365 days a year 24 hours a day the serpent never shuts his eyes he's always watching always there's never a time he's not watching well some people say well don't he sleep yes he sleeps but his eyes never close you're supposed to be like that you're supposed to be walking circumspectly, man. You should be aware and alert of everything that's going on around you. you everybody in this church, you should know what, what spirit's sitting beside you. You should know what spirit's trying to get a hold of you. You should know everything. You should be aware of what's going on in your life. You shouldn't be just acting on in, impulse and emotion. You should be watching. And yes, a serpent sleeps. But the eyes stay open because there's a film or a skin that's over the eyes. And underneath that skin, there's a lubrication 
that keeps his eyes lubricated. So you know what? I close my eyes constantly to lubricate my eye. But the serpent doesn't have to lubricate his eye because underneath the skin, there's lubrication underneath that sack there. And they stay moist always, all the time. So not only is he watching all the time, but he's anointed all the time. His vision is anointed. See, you can't just see, you can't just look, but you've got to look with an anointed vision. You've got to get your eyesight anointed. You've got to be able to discern the spirits that are around you. And so that even when that serpent's asleep, his eyes are still open and his eyes are always lubricated. And if a leaf falls from a tree, he don't wake up because he don't have to. Because he's not in danger. But if some uh, predator that, pred that, that preys upon the serpent, if that predator walks past the snake, immediately wakes up and runs. Why? Because it's always on the watch. It has discernment. <sighs> It has prudence. It has wisdom. It, you know, so, so oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to get trapped. Mm, that's a predator right there. Oh, yeah. Time for, for you to move. Time for me to do something. Time, right now's the time. Right now's the, oh, there's the place. There's the way out. That right there, I got to act. Got to move. I'm watching. I'm seeing. I'm anointed. My vision's anointed. Ooh, hello, somebody. The devil shouldn't be able to pull stuff over you. He shouldn't pull the wall over your eyes. He shouldn't. God have mercy. Come on. Wake up. Stop being a zombie. Stop being inebriated. Stop being sedated by the enemy. Wake up. Watch. Get in. Get involved in your success spiritually. Not only that, not only does a serpent watch all the time, but also the serpent is an amazing creature. It is the cleanest and most disease-free creature in the earth. There is no other creature in God's creation that is cleaner and more disease-free than the serpent. But the people of God are disease ridden because we're not prudent oh hallelujah our hygiene's not right our prudence isn't right so the Lord says you need to be wise as a serpent always watching clean and disease free ha, come on come on come on come on come on come on let's go get in here come on Come on. Not only that, but a serpent, when the environment is cold, moves slowly. So what it does is, in the book of, uh, I believe it's the Proverbs, makes this statement, like the serpent on the rock. And what it does is that serpent goes out and it lays out in the light. 
and the longer it lays in the light the warmer its blood becomes because it's a cold-blooded animal which means its blood is the same temperature as its environment and when it sets in the light the more light that it, it, it brings or it allows to shine upon itself the warmer his blood becomes and the faster he moves So be wise as a serpent. Get on a rock. Get on Jesus Christ. Get on the rock. Get in the light. And when you get in the light, then you're going to move in the spirit. But if you're cold in spirit, you're moving slow tonight. If you haven't exposed yourself to the light of God, then you're moving slow in the Holy Ghost tonight. But get in the light and start moving in the spirit. Come on, come on, come on. Get full of the light so you can move quickly. And when that serpent moves fast, that's because it's, 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 it's uh, blood's boiling, man, figuratively speaking. And you know what it does when it starts moving fast? It starts hunting. I said it goes on the prowl. It's hunting. And that serpent is so fascinating that in both sides of its face, when it's crawling through the ground, <clears throat> it's got heat sensors in its face. And as it travels <clears throat> through the grass, five feet away, if there's a difference in temperature, that serpent can detect a temperature change within one quarter of a degree within five feet away he knows his environment so well his temperature so well he can de detect if something's not right in the atmosphere within one quarter of a degree five feet away the Lord said you should be wise as a serpent you should have a heat sensing device in you that if there's something not right in the temperature of the spirit here tonight everybody in this church you should know where it is and you know what that serpent will do it'll call up and it'll wait for that animal to pass by it and as soon as that animal passes by it jumps out and it hits it with a deadly strike because it has the ability through those heat sensors to hit that strike dead on target So that missiles today get their heat sensing te technology from the viper. You should be so alert and so prudent that you can know in the spirit tonight if there's something not right here. And yeah, people are gonna look at you like you like you off, man. I don't feel nothing. What are you talking about? Things cool me, man. Don't feel nothing. Don't sense nothing. You know what? The enemy has to come up there and go. Before some of you ever discern what's going on in the Holy Ghost. Before you ever discern what's going on in the atmosphere. He got to literally go. I got you. Drag you off into his cave. You should be so wise and prudent that one quarter of a degree off in the spirit. 
I think I'm just going to stand right here. And when he comes my way, I'm fixing to take him out. I'm going to take him out. I'm taking him down right now. And when I hit him, it's going to be so precise. It's going to be so deadly he don't stand a chance. Give God some praise. <coughs> and a serpent, has, another thing about a serpent and its prudence is that it has an awesome ability to endure. It won't quit. Give God some praise. It can go six, it can go months without food and water. And you pick it up and, and look at it. It doesn't look like it's lost anyway. It has the ability to endure great, great difficulties. It don't quit. He don't have to have resource all the time. He can endure even in times where there are no resource. Because he knows there's going to be some. He just got to be patient. He just got to endure. And at the right time, the right place, and the right way, he's going to get everything he needs. And he knows it. Give God some praise. Are y'all getting the point tonight? The serpent is very subtle. Shh. Let's talk about some words. When you go through the Bible and you look up the word in the Hebrew or the Greek that, that means prudent, it's translated shrewd sometimes. You ever heard about a shrew? Do you know these words shrewd, cunning, crafty, stealth? Subtle, those are all words that are used for predators who eat their prey. Did you know that? When the Bible uses these words, they have animal backgrounds to them. That's why Jesus talked about the serpent. That's just one animal. When you talk about shrewd, get your concordance out and look up the word. Shrewd. A shrewd is, it, it comes from a shrew. A shrew is a little bitty old rat-looking animal. Little bitty thing. I went to my little girl today in her home school, and I said, in your science book, is there a shrew in there? She said, yeah. Very quickly, she flipped the pages over there, and she pointed to a shrew. A shrew is shrewd or prudent. A shrew will attack things larger than itself it's just a little bitty old baby i mean it looked like it couldn't hurt a fly in the picture but it has got a tenacity about its spirit it's got a tenacity it's got an i won't quit about it it's got a fire about it that even something much law listen much larger than itself it'll take it on come on honey let's go that little animal don't back down for nothing man he's known as one of the most the bloodthirstiest little animals in the world fight 
something. See, some of you need to start instead of just settling for where you are. You need to take on something bigger than yourself. You need to find out what God wants you to do and don't quit until you get it. Find the time, the place, and the way to do it and do it. Be shrewd, be prudent. And I read in her science book today, that little animal, not only, listen, not only does it attack things bigger than itself, but that little animal won't quit. That little animal will work for 24 hours a day. It'd blow your mind. Look at it. So, she looks like so gentle and like a little house pet, like something, you know, like a little bunny rabbit. And that is a bloodthirsty little creature who's got an I won't quit about him and will take on anything that walks in front of him. See, don't judge a book by its cover. See, that's a, that's a, you don't judge a book by its cover. I, I, let me tell you something. I've seen very powerful men. They got to the point where I said, this guy, what this guy going to do? I hate to say it. I said, what this guy going to do? Oh, hallelujah. When he got through, I said, come lay hands on me. Cast out the devil out of me, man. You can't go by what you see on the outside. Because those people have learned to be shrewd. They've learned how to be prudent. They know the right time to hit. They know the place to hit. And they know the way to hit. And they'll take on things much larger than themselves. And they look like little helpless little things. You know, and that's why the enemy wants to talk to you. You're just a little old, you know. You, yeah, you're shrewd. Yeah. Ooh, come on, talk to me. That's who I am. You're right. I'm going to take on something bigger than. Come on. Don't just stand there and look at me. Tenacious, bloodthirsty. That's the shrewd. Same word, prudent. And then you've heard of the word crafty. And what animal do you think about when you think about crafty or, or prudent? You think about crafty like a fox. You know what a fox does? A fox plans how to escape his predators and at the same time plan on how to get his prey. He's crafty like a fox. He's subtle like a fox. See, you need, we got to get that. Are you hearing me tonight? These are all Bible words. Prudent. Same thing. Same word, man. Hallelujah. And y'all all heard the word cunning, haven't you? Cunning. Same thing. Prudent. What animal would you think about that's cunning? Cunning. You know how coyotes are cunning? Coyotes stay together. They run together. And you know what they do? They'll get together and in their little coyote talk, they'll plan a plan how to get that prey. And then together, they see the prey destroyed. We need to learn how to get together. Have a strategy, have a plan. Know the time to hit, the place to hit. And the way to hit. But not just do it by herself. Together corporately. Cunning church man. 
And another, another Bible word that's translated sometimes prudent, but other times, uh, when you look at it, you go back. It's Matthew 26, I believe it is. It is the word stealth. Stealth. It means the same thing as prudent. You know what stealth is, don't you? What animal do you think about when you think about stealth? You think about the leopard or the tiger. They're stealth. They're very, very stealth-like. They're very quiet-like. Sneaks up on their prey. Are you here? And when the prey least expects it, the leopard stealths, leaps upon it, and devours it. You shouldn't be predictable. The enemy should not be able to look up and know, well, this morning he, they're going to do this. Uh, at lunchtime, they're going to do that. Uh, at uh, yeah, yeah, supper time, they're going to do that. And then they're going to sit down and they're going to watch that. And then, uh, oh, yeah, he knows everything you're going to do every day. Because there's nothing that you've changed in your day that will confuse him. So you can take him and defeat him in your life. It would absolutely blow his mind if you got up and went on a fast. Some of you don't know what the word fast means. If you got up and fasted, you'd blow the devil right out of the water. Man, it'd blow his mind. He'd have a heart attack. Because all he's got to do to most of us is just sit about the same circumstances every day. And then we go about responding the same way to the same circumstances every day. Be stealth. Yeah. I'm going to pray in the morning. I'm going to talk to Jesus all week. I've made up my mind. I've got a plan. Time place and way every day of the week and I'm going to surprise the enemy. He knows the buttons to push on you. He knows what button to push. He knows. Come on somebody. You've been doing the same thing so long. He knows exactly what button to push. Stop letting me push your button. You've got some praise. We need to be prudent people. Wise people got a plan, but prudent people, cunning, crafty, subtle. Are you awake? Forethought, consideration, not impulse, not feeling, not emotion. Yeah, yeah, you don't know what it cost me to bring this word to you. See, see it didn't cost you anything. All you do is get to come in here, sit down, and listen. It didn't cost you a thing. But it cost me something to bring this word to you tonight. Hallelujah. But you know what? 
to the victor goes the spoil. And I can tell you one thing. I have my meat and my meat you know not of. And when I declare God's word, guess what? I just got fed. And guess what? When I walk out of here tonight, I'm going to walk out of here full of power, full of glory, full of prudence, and full of wisdom. And the enemy's going to have a hard time getting to me. Because you know what? I plan to have a move of God tonight. Yeah, I sure did. I said, yes, I did. I planned to come in here and see the de devil defeated at him. I came in here. I came in here to get anointed. I came here tonight to preach the word of God. I came here tonight to have a move of God. I came here tonight to see the devil defeated. I came here tonight to have church. I planned it. Time is right. Place is right. And the way is right. And that's why you got to come in here. You got to come here. You got to have a plan. Look at what Jesus says in Luke. Mm, I pray I can remember this. Luke. Mm. Jesus. Luke 16 and verse 8. Watch what Jesus says. Okay, you with me here? 16 verse 8. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done prudently or wisely. Jesus commended an unjust steward did you hear that because he acted wisely prudently and he goes on and he says hmm he said for the children of this world are in their generation wiser or more prudent than the children of light. So God's trying to show you something, showing you a very powerful principle about prudence. That prudence, subtlety, prudence, is a strength in any kingdom. Any kingdom that operates in Prudence has a strength about it. Even a kingdom that doesn't operate in divine prudence with the desire and purpose to bring about morality. Its strength is its ability to plan and then to bring that plan to action at the best time, the best place, and the best way. And that's the strength of even worldly kingdoms. And Jesus said, the children of this world are more prudent than the children of light. And you have the highest 
strength there is in any kingdom. Because the wisdom and prudence that you have is divine wisdom and prudence to bring about morality and God's purpose in the earth. The problem is the church for some reason thinks this is something they don't need. And that's why I got the response I got at the very first part of this service. Because we don't understand how, how powerful subtlety and prudence is in every kingdom. In governments of men. In economics of men. In religion of men. That's why men succeed in government. That's why men succeed in economics. That's why men succeed in religious systems that don't even know the truth. Because they know how to plan. They know the right time. They know the right place. And they know the right way to do it. But we as a church of the living God, we go by impulse a lot of times. We don't operate in prudence. I want to see God's kingdom established in my life. I want his kingdom established in your life. I want you to have the abundant life that God offers. But you cannot have it. And if a man could lose a million dollars in the amazing race because he made one mistake in prudence. The Holy Ghost told me we have a greater race and a greater reward that we're running for. And it demands that we walk in prudence. We've all got to get on the same page together. We, we've got to learn how to follow instruction. When God comes in here and gives us instruction, He gives us a plan. Then He's going to tell us when. Then He's going to tell us the place. Then He's going to tell us how to go about it. But we've all got to get on the same page. We've got to get together in this. We've got to get prudent. We can't be scattered. And when instruction goes forth in one ear, out the other ear. We've got to beware. We've got to be prudent. We've got to be prepared. We've got to have some forethought about what we're doing. Come on, are you with me here tonight? A lot of us just passing through life by impulse. You've got the Holy Ghost inside of you. You've got the Word of God inside of you. You've got the finished work of the cross. Are y'all hearing this? We should be, listen, we should be the people who are changing our environment, changing this world instead of the world changing the world. We should, we should be the people that when we walk into any place, those people say there's something about them. Those people are crowned with knowledge those people are kings they reign you can tell the way they walk man they walk a certain way they, they, they know what they're doing they know what they're about they know where they're going they know where they're heading they've got a presence of royalty about them come on somebody plan plan that's what we're talking about Sunday night go out there when God gives you a plan he tells you the time. He tells you the place. He tells you the way. When he speaks to you, be prudent. 
Because if he tells you what he wants you to do, then the time and the place and the way to do it, if you act on it immediately and you'll obey him immediately, he will bring his word to pass without fail. And there will be people who will stand around and question it and laugh at it. But if you'll get a hold of this, you'll rise above the rest. You will live the abundant life. I'm telling you, we got to do it how God wants us to do it. When God wants us to do it. The place that he wants, the location. And then the way. You get that, man. You talk about a powerful, powerful kingdom strength called prudence. It'll change your family life. It'll change your financial situation. It'll change your spirituality. It'll change everything about you. You'll start walking in victory. You'll start walking in confidence. You'll start walking in say, you know what? I listened to all those lies, those counsels of the devil long enough. I've been set free by the power of God. I'm the king's kid. And I'm excited about some of you. Because some of you for years just struggled and struggled to barely make it in the kingdom of God and in your life. But some of you are starting to apply the wisdom that you're receiving in the time and the place and the way you're doing something with it. And now I can sense something in your life I've never sensed before. There's a victory. There's a reigning. There's a ruling. There's a joy in your life that you didn't have before. There's financial victory. There's spiritual victory. There's emotional victory that's coming to you because you're applying the word of God that you've heard. There's prudence in your life. It's no longer in one ear, out the other. I got the plan. I got the word. These are the steps I'm going to take to see it come to pass. I'm not going to cop out. I'm not going to look for an escape. I'm, if you don't sit down and we don't sit down and plan by the word of God. Get a word from God. Get the timing of God. Get the place of God. And get the way of God in our life. If we don't get that then we live a miserable life. And it is anything but the abundant life that God wants for us. He didn't plan for you to be defeated. It's not God's will for you to be defeated. It's not God's will for you to not be in victory tonight. He didn't die on a cross so you could just barely make it in life. Don't give me that. Come on. Come on. Come on. And if you don't get the word of God and plan how to bring that about, guess what? You'll never do it. I said you'll never do it. If you never plan to pray, you'll never pray. If you never plan to bring your tithes and offerings, you'll never bring your tithes and offerings because you won't sit down and make the time and the place and the way to see it come to pass. You won't use everything you got to bring about the end. So you won't be prudent. And I got news for you tonight. 
if you think that God's going to bypass his wisdom and bypass his prudence in this book and just come bail you out every time you get in a mess, I got news for you. That's not the way God works. God, read the book of Proverbs and you'll find out what I'm talking about. You've got to plan to live for God. You've got to plan. You've got, oh yeah, come on somebody. Oh God, have mercy. But I don't know what to do, Pastor. I just told you. Once you get the Word of God, you do something with it. Yes. He gave you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. love the Lord tonight this mess is going to change your life when I saw that and I'm going back to this when I saw that last night I saw a man lose a million dollars over a lack of prudence I looked at my wife and I said what if we miss this What if we miss this concerning the kingdom of God? What if we're imprudent about our walk with God? What if we're imprudent about all these areas of our life? What's it going to cost us? It cost them a million. And they did everything right. Week after week after week after week. But one lack of prudence in their life. One lack of planning. And looking for the time and the place and the way. And use all of their resources to bring it about. One lack of doing that cost that team a million dollars. And I'm telling you, that put fear in me last night. I'm, in a good way. Good fear. Because I'm a part of something much larger. Than a race for a million dollars. I'm in a race that's going to affect eternity. I, the decisions I make, the decisions you make... The timing, the place, and the way that you make them affect eternity. By not being prudent, you might not lose a million dollars. You might just lose a hundred dollars. You might lose more than a million. It, I think we need to listen to the word tonight, don't you? Because the enemy has got a plan. He's got the time. He's got the place. And he's got the way. And he's just waiting. And for some of you, it might be when you go to church. I hear the Spirit of the Lord tell me. You go to church and the preacher preaches a word and you get offended by something he said. And he didn't mean anything about it by it personally to you but you took it that way and an air began to get around you in the spirit the atmosphere around you began to change and the enemy knows that all oh, that's all it takes I know where your hot button is now 
I know where your hot button is right now. I know where I can hurt you. You know what? You need to be the prudent one. You need to take authority. You need to take action on the word that you know. You need to do something with what you've got. And watch the enemy's plans destroyed. Because we're not ignorant of his devices. If you're walking prudently. And I close with this. How many of you know when the enemy's in your backyard? Sister, you know, don't you? I do too. The enemy's in my, I know when he's in my backyard. I know when he comes to visit me. I know when he starts putting all that foolishness inside of my mind and my spirit. I know that. I'm not exempt from it. I'm just like you are, man. I'm beginning to identify the difference between God's voice and the enemy's voice. In closing, let me tell you. When Jesus went out into the wilderness, he went out as the son of God. But he went out to discern the voices. He had to go out. And why? To discern the voices. He had to go out in the wilderness so that he could discern the voice of the father versus the voice of the devil. And so both of them came to him in the wilderness. The voice of the Father and the voice of the devil. And you're going to get in a wilderness situation in your life. And the reason why you're there is so you can learn the difference between the voices that are talking to you. The counsel of God standing sure. But there's the counsel of the enemy that's talking to you. And so you're going to become more and more aware of what's going on. Yeah. And the good news is that when the Son of God came out of the wilderness, the Son of Man, He came out victorious. He knew the voice of His daddy. He knew the voice of the Father. And every time He had to respond to His enemies, He responded with wisdom and prudence. He knew how. He knew when. He knew the place. And He knew the way that He was supposed to deal with everybody that came in contact with Him. And the, and the way he knew that was because he knew the voice of the Father. And if Jesus had it all around him, you've got it all around you. Yes. Come on, church. I keep hearing the Holy Ghost tell you to come on, 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 come on. He's an awesome God. Lift your hands. You don't have to accept everything that's coming your way. You don't have to listen to every voice that's talking to you. Jesus loves you with an infinite love. All the power and the strength you need. Listen to me, church. Put your hands down, please, for a moment. If you study, read Deuteronomy 32 and 33. 
read the Old Testament, read the book of Proverbs. It talks about a man who drinks liquor is an imprudent man. And the Bible says that when he drinks that into his body, he is literally being bitten by the serpent. You know what the bite of the serpent is? The bite of the serpent is deception. He will, listen to me, when the devil comes to you to tempt you, he promises you things that will never come about the way you think they will because he promises you what God forbids and then he says if you will do this this is going to be gratifying this is what's going to happen it's going to be so fun but the promise never comes to pass and so he likens drinking to the serpent's bite because it's delusional it's deceptive it goes inside it hallucinates your mind you've been infected with the poison of the serpent and so that's the opposite of being prudent and then other times the bible said he sent forth serpents to bite them you know why because god came to a place in his eternal wisdom he came to a place where he got tired of the nonsense of his people so he said send forth the serpents to bite them and fill them with the poison come on somebody I don't want to walk in the poison of the serpent tonight because God's tired of my nonsense I want to walk in the wisdom and counsel of God almighty The only reason why I'm poisoned tonight is because I've been acting like an idiot, like a fool. And I haven't been applying the word of God and being prudent about it. God doesn't want us that way. Lift up your eyes to the work of the cross. Lift up your eyes to the one who hung upon the tree. And by his infinite wisdom and prudence, he crushed the head of the serpent tonight. I declare to you tonight the devil is defeated. He's not going to be defeated. He's already defeated. And he's under my feet. He's under your feet. So stop letting him poison your mind. In the name of Jesus. Let me pray. Father, tonight I just praise you for your awesome presence. Oh God, oh God, oh God, Jesus mighty name, I praise you Lord Jesus, shake the kingdoms of men, shake Lord Jesus the knowledge of the foolish, shake oh God by your awesome spirit, everything that can be shaken. Rule and reign in my life, O King. God, I choose tonight to hear your word, to obey your word. I consider, I have a forethought. Lord Jesus, I'll take the plan, the word of God, and I will take every means that I have to see it come to pass I'm going to look for the perfect time perfect place and perfect way and use, use everything in my means I'll be ready to do anything I said I'll be ready I'll be prepared I'll be prepared I'll be ready to do anything 
that you ask. Because I choose to be wise and prudent to bring about your kingdom in this earth. It is the strength of your kingdom. And by it, kings reign. I pray for this people tonight that have heard your word. Dear God, the Holy Ghost that's inside of them will speak to them, show them what you want them to do, how you want them to do it, when you want them to do it, the place you want them to do it. And let them use everything their means to see it come to an end in the name of Jesus I pray lift your hands and just worship him tonight the king is in your midst Jesus is his name come on <laughs> yeah 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 Amen, Jesus. Amen, Jesus. Oh, glory. I'm going to let you go, but I want to tell you this. I, I asked y'all Sunday morning. I said, how many here have heard from God in the last couple of days? You've got a word from the Lord. And you know, you know it was the Lord that spoke to you. And a few of you lifted your hands, a few of you didn't. I said, okay, how about the last month? You know God spoke to you. He gave you a word directly, and you know it was from Him. And a few of you lifted your hands, and there's some that still didn't lift their hand. You know what the problem is? It's not that God is not talking. The problem is we have not yet learned to discern the voice between the Father and and the enemy we have not learned to discern the counsel of the Lord and the counsel of the enemy God's gonna let us go through things in our life and I'm just be honest with you and I'm gonna close I promise that uh, you don't have to beat us into submission nor do I have to beat you into submission our own ways of acting not without prudence and wisdom will reprove us the Bible says Jesus learned obedience to the things he suffered and I got news for you tonight I want to walk in wisdom and prudence because I don't want to suffer I don't want to have to learn obedience and God's not going to beat me into submission but the things that I suffer will drive me into obedience and he'll never have to lift a hand and nobody will have to ever beat you into submission because you'll just get so tired of walking in a life of failure and defeat that you say, you know what, I've got to make changes. I've got to start being prudent. I've got to start doing what God says. I've got to start doing it God's way. I'm just tired of living the way I'm living. And so your suffering will drive you into the obedience of the Lord. It does me. Boy, I tell you, when, some, when, God's, when God has to deal with me, you know how he deals with me? 
he pretty much just leaves me alone. You know what I mean? He just leaves me alone. <laughs> Ooh, I don't want him to leave me alone. <laughs> so, you know, I, I talk about how he spanks me sometimes. You know how he spanks me? He just, okay, go ahead. Try it on your own for a little while. Just try it on your own for a little while. Make your own decisions and do it your way for a little while. Ooh, man, I'll tell you, I'm running straight to him. I say, Lord God, forgive me. I repent, Lord Jesus. I messed up. I have, I've, oh God. If I, I just, hallelujah. Uh, this is just me. I've messed up. I've screwed up. I've done it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All you holy people out there don't like me using the word screwed up. But that's the way I talk, man. I'm just telling you, man. I just get real, man. You know, when you get in that place, you kind of forget about the little rosy stuff that we had that dog. tired of being sick oh god i'm so sick and tired of hurting oh. you know what i'm talking about pastor don't have to come he don't have to spank you don't have to do nothing <laughs> hallelujah you just keep butting your head against the wall keep taking all the word of god that god's given you words of wisdom and counsel to help you in your life and throw them out the door and just keep butting your head against the wall and then talk to me two or three months down the road when you're bankrupt because you wouldn't listen to the word of the Lord to you when God told you and he warned you in advance oh God y'all, why y'all looking at me like that oh I feel like Ezekiel Huh. Spirit of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel's on me now, brother. <laughs> they look like they want to sting me like scorpions. Come on. I got a tail too, man. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Y'all don't like that, do you? But see, you want, we want God to just bail us out. He don't do it that way. He tells you what to do. He gives you a word, gives you a plan, and expects you to be prudent with that word. And if you're not, two or three months down the road, you're going to collapse. You're going to fall, and great will be the fall thereof. And last thing I feel led to tell you is you're always going to look for somebody to blame it on. Instead of just getting honest with God and say, God, I did it to myself. Pastor didn't do it. Brother, sister, they didn't do it. I did it to me. Hallelujah. But we're good about looking for a scapegoat for not being prudent and wise. All right, am I telling you the truth? Uh, uh, truth hurts, don't it? A little bit. You know? Oh, God. I could preach all night, man. I walked into a store the other day. This couple... I said, hello, God bless you. How y'all doing? This couple looked at me like I was the devil himself. I say the couple, the one, the man, he was okay. He had a smile on his face. The other, I said, hello, how you doing? And, and she just went like that. And I want to tell you the situation. They have family problems. They're in, they're in a family feud. Oh, here I go. I'm on it now. I can. I know it. I'm nailing it right now. I can feel it now. 
I'm nailing it not just there, but I'm nailing it here. Didn't even know I was nailing it. But they were in a family feud. And the sad part about it is that's uh, this one over here, this family wants me to be mad against, you know, join them and be mad at that one. And this one wants me to be mad at them, you know. Okay, so I'm not playing the game. I'm not, you can turn the tape off, by the way. I'm just talking to the church now. 